GM Yearbook. I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. We're here to take you on a journey through the years as we explore the music in our lifetime and the impact it's had on us and the world we have lived in. Welcome to version 2017. Or as I like to call it, possibly the shittiest year we've reached on this show. Jeez. Just when you thought it was safe to wade in the waters of 2000s again? I, I, I don't know how much more of the, these years we can take. But don't worry, folks. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a short show or that we are going to combine it with another year because uh, that would take too much work. <laughs> I think Jim has some bottled up repressed feelings. and We're going to just let him uh, uh, light the fuse and blow up here. Yeah, I think it might be my turn today, Matt. And it, you're you're right. You know, it, it, it probably will be a shorter show. They all seem to be that way recently, but that's fine because we tend to have found a lot of good stuff we like talking about, and we haven't leaned into the negative. But this week, I think we're leaning into the negative. Yeah, a little bit, found... and and right off because there's a huge amount of deaths to uh, go through. It's just a few things to get off my chest. But case in point, we have way too many deaths to linger on just one person. We lost a lot of people who had a big impact in 2017. And I'll start with the man who probably inspired them all, but I know he definitely was one of the biggest influences on the Beatles, and that was Chuck Berry. Uh, And then there was Jay Giles. Yeah, he taught me what a centerfold was. (laughs) After that, we had, uh, you know, one of the greatest front men of the 90s, a leader of grunge, Chris Cornell. Southern rock legend, Greg Almond. And then another Almond, uh, the brother's drummer and uncle to Derek Trucks, Butch Trucks. Steely Dan fans mourn the loss of Walter Becker. Yeah, and then also lost way too soon. Someone who still had probably some potential left in music was Chester Bennington. You might know him from Linkin Park. And then someone that Jim and I have a shared love for, Glenn Campbell. He released uh, an album, Audios, in ah, 2017. Yeah. So good. And it's the way, um, in discussions that we've had, it's the way that Jim and I want to remember Glenn Campbell. Just yeah. the album cover alone. He's on there with his guitar. Beautiful smile on his face. Great music. Adios, rhinestone cowboy. Yes. Yeah. And then we have another big hero to the both of us. And this was somebody we grew up with. From our years through the 70s and the 80s, just an amazing musician, singer, songwriter, and legend, the one and only Tom Petty. Mm. And then Canadian legend from the T-Hip, Gord Downey, he has some of the best lyrics I've ever read in music. And if you're not from three miles within the Canadian border, that band is called tragically hip. And they were, that's fine. (laughs) They are, they were one of our favorite bands in high school growing up there. And then we have the man who Elvis Presley referred to as the real King of rock and roll. That is the man who found his thrill on blueberry Hill. That's Domino. Uh, And then finally the backbone flavor of ACDC. Yes. One of the best rhythm guitarists ever Malcolm Young. Isn't that crazy? What a year. Whew, that's a lot of incredible losses. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as we get into the music, here we go. Matt, I'm going to try to guess it right away that maybe 2017 was better for you. Usually when we're prepping for a show over the course of a week, you let me know pretty early if you're struggling. And and I never heard from you. You you I sent me a message saying, oh, I've, I've already been doing some researching. 
I decided not to bring any negative energy. That's a lie, probably right here at the start. <laughs> so I, I'm, I kept the fact kind of flowing through this that I wasn't really familiar with much of the music that I really loved to bring into the show. Uh, no, th th there is a black hole in the 20 teens and it's lasted quite a few years. I'm in the same boat with you. In all, I think these 2010s, they just beaten us down. Exploring was pretty dull. And it forced me into looking into some old favorites, but a lot of those didn't pan out either. There, there just some stuff that I found over the past few years, but nothing on my lengthy playlist, just maybe a handful of songs. I think it was version 2014. I struggled like this. So I went back to the method that I use for that show. And I started looking up the top 20, 50 albums for that year, according to the various publications that were coming out. But come on, Matt, I, like, who do you trust when you see that spin Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, enemy, none of them. Yeah. They, and they all have various opinions. They all seem to come down to whatever sold the most that year. It was like throwing darts. I usually don't find much in Pitchfork. I have to admit right away. I think they believe that how different or weird music is makes it better. Believe it or not. I tend to lean away from most of those bigger publications I, that I just mentioned because I see them today as promotional tools to sell both the magazine and the album. Yeah. You wonder what master they serve. Oh yeah. Right. And it, it's always, it always comes down to the bottom line, which is the money and you, yeah, you just don't know where their loyalties are. Um, You couldn't be more correct. I got that feeling. I, I have those same feelings with all of those publications and it could be the cynic in me or a sign of the times where I doubt the integrity of what I read. I'm, I'm sure integrity issues have always been there, you know, from the very beginning, everybody's always got an ax to, gr ax to grind or a product to sell. I have to remind myself to take what I read objectively mm -hmm. and not just nod my head in a, in agreement. Yeah. Because if, if a song sucks, then a song sucks. It does <laughs> regardless of what the article says about it. And exactly. I, and I found myself looking at smaller online music sites or even articles from newspapers. You know how some newspaper online will put out the top 20, the top 50 of the year. And maybe some guy from that newspaper is writing that article online and he's not working for a major music publication. But this type of digging can be both frustrating and fun, though, because you know what it's like. It's like pulling the needle out of the haystack. And that has been one of the most enjoyable parts of the show for me. Oh, yeah. Who are you talking to about pulling needles from <laughs> <Yeah>. haystacks? <laughs> but, but we're running out of years. As we get closer to yeah. fulfilling what we started with the show, the music won't be as unfamiliar to us as we go towards the end because we know we have some good years coming to close it out. So this might be the final year where there was so much work but it's still a labor that I've loved the whole way through. So that's the positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has been. I mean, we both love digging in and finding new stuff and revisiting old things that kind of reminded us of what we loved about them in the first place. And we never truly know if any one year taken on its own merit is going to be terrible. We probably saw the writing on the wall a little bit because of the lack of success we've had in this range of years. But I didn't want to go into it being too skeptical. Oh, I appreciate that because you have been skeptical on other years. Those are the messages I get yeah. from you. 
Exactly. The side eye was heavy with this one. Uh, well, you know, carrying on through this year, and this is 2017, we're closing out the end of this decade, and we had some themes that ran through 2018, 2019, and into the 2020s about music shifting and things going on. We talked a lot about the shift in music at the end of this decade. And we've also spent a few episodes both crediting and Matt ranting about Max <laughs> Martin and his dominance over pop music for the past 20 years. But here it is, in my opinion, the release that begins to change it all. Are you ready? Let's go. Bring all it right. on. Here it is. Billie Eilish. It's her first full EP, Don't Smile At Me. How fitting for her. It just works straight away. <laughs> yeah. This is straight up bedroom pop. Kids like you and I recorded for years in their bedrooms on four tracks back in the day. Remember recording on cassettes, you know, oh, yeah. you know, reels, PCs and laptops. But this is where technology had improved enough to allow home recordings to create an icon. Well, for now, <laughs> we'll see, you know, yeah. in 10 years, we'll check back and see where she's at. But I think this may have been the straw that broke the Max Martin back, the stranglehold he had over pop music. Let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, th 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 this is a good thing and a bad thing, like everything else in the world, I guess. But the concern I have with this home recording stuff, with the advancements in the accessibility to making really good quality home recordings, does it mean we're just going to get a bunch of bad music? Well, that's what you've been listening to for years, the indie yeah. stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Shots fired, Mr. Cure. <laughs> oh, we're going there. Oh, actually, I should have said Mr. Cole played. That's yeah. a little more apt because yep. I've come around to the Cure a little bit. <laughs> um, I've had some great experiences finding music through my sons with the rap and hip hop. If I were to pull back the curtain, you would also see a bigger proportion that I don't care for in the music content or just sound regardless there are a lot of stuff that i you know it just doesn't click with me and the other part of the problem is if someone can make music at home release it on their own is there really a filter we want to vilify record labels and such you know saying oh no you can't record that that's not going to sell you know but but sometimes you need something beyond self-censorship are there people in a musician's circle that are going to be honest with them and say, you know, you know, don't release that. That's garbage. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with what you're saying other than, you know, the little shots fired at me, but we'll, we'll get to <laughs> hey, those you, at you, some point. You, you fired first. Right. That's fine. <laughs> so this is definitely, you know, major label stuff. But when we were researching 2013, we were both taken back a bit by how we didn't hate the Paramore album. So this is something that came from the younger generation. Prejudging isn't going to go away for me. I, I have a hard time with that. And sometimes it's absolutely accurate. I ended up being so inspired by the show that we had for 2013 that I went to my phone and I Googled, do they tour? And I found out they were coming to Scotland. And <laughs> since we have recorded that show and we're recording this one, I've gone and seen them live. And Matt, it was it was awesome. It was an incredible concert. I think there's articles out there written about how somehow at this point Paramore's the band saving rock and roll. It, so 
it shouldn't be a surprise that I looked forward to their 2017 album after laughter. And I wasn't disappointed by it on this album. Their sound seemed more inspired by eighties pop and new wave. Go and check out the lyrics to it though. They layer all of this pop upbeat music with really deep reflective lyrics about how life struggles with loss and depression. This is a band that deserved to be looked at twice by us. And we probably never would have done that if you know one day randomly the needle in the haystack, I was taking a look and now they're one of the top bands that I've discovered on the show. I told you that since I've come back from this concert, I've got like this song, <laughs> that song going through my this head, song. this song, <laughs> that song, Wait till the so end of the Par- show. <laughs> <laughs> so is Paramore your new Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey Matt, because I remember, because yeah. I remember in the nineties, right? We talked about it. Yeah, that that was your band that you wanted to make sure everybody knew was your band. Mm-hmm. And now, um, how great is it though that you have a new discovery that kind of infects you for a little while? I think the good thing about it is that they have a back catalog that I could dig into. And yeah. until, until I get to their emo pop punk stuff and then I stop, <laughs> but it was the 2013 album that I really enjoyed. And then 2017 this year that I enjoyed, and we've gone past this year already, 2023, but mm-hmm. they put out an album this year and you and I both went and listened to it. And there are songs off of good. that. Yeah. That I was looking forward to. It was a good album. So it, it's, I think it is kind of my smashing pumpkins. I think, if you spoke to me on this show when we were doing episode 2020 or 2021, the snuts were my smashing pumpkins that year. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to finally have that kind of music bleed back into our lives in a certain way. And to be our age and excited about music <laughs> because if you're not talking to somebody about it and you're listening to the same goddamn radio every single night, <laughs> driving to work, working, going home from work, nothing about music is exciting. And that's, what's been so great. And that's why I love sharing it with the people that we have listening to the show and the people who are, you know, doing the playlist thing on our, uh, and the people who are doing the playlist thing on our Facebook page, because I'm hoping that even if they look at that and they go, was that song on there? Oh, because they're being us. Yeah, they are. They're being (laughs) us, but they go give it a listen. And what Paramore did is the smartest thing they ever could have, which is changing their sound. They grew. They, they, they grew all of that emotion early on was right on the, right on their sleeve in the music it came through and it was just emo you know let's just call it what it is but now it's more of a sad clown oh i like that yeah it's got this very upbeat i don't want to say polished but it it, it's just got a nice sheen on the outside but when you dig into the lyrics you're like oh no this is still kind of heavy it is yeah but but even in her delivery it's very upbeat Mm -hmm. and happy-ish sounding I'm glad that you kind of had accepted that reflection that I had on listening to them because I don't want to be alone with that. And I think the fact that you agree with me solidifies my feeling because when you come across a band like that and you're like, wait a minute, is this really as good as I think it is? And there are a few times when I've shared stuff with you and you've been like, no, Jim, they're not. 
Yep. Well, it's the same thing. Same thing. I've shared stuff with you and you're like, Matt, no, really take an objective listen. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but yeah, here we are Paramore fans. Now we'll give them a listen in the future. Definitely. So we don't talk much about Ed Sheeran on this show. (laughs) Here we are in 2017. No. No. And since we're leaving this era, I think we should do that now. His divide, well, in it's the division symbol on the album. It came out and like everything else he's released in the past 10 years, it absolutely dominated all of the charts. He was busking the streets and no offense to Ed, not being the definition of the handsome category. He, <laughs> uh, he is not that we are either, Matt. That's why we're, yeah. we're doing a podcast and yeah. we're not. We're on, on your team, Ed. Yes. <laughs> But he's proof that the radio star returned regardless of video. The The whole everybody has to be beautiful in music went out the door and suddenly being really good and talented was what showed up. And it's what matters. Yeah, it does. But I, this is the one gripe I have about Ed's music. And I think maybe we share this a little bit. His music, we, you talk about it, it. It's too glossed over. It's too shiny. Mm-hmm. I'd rather hear Ed play acoustic with maybe a backing electric band than the pop that he's developed his music around. The song on this album, Castle on the Hill, it's a really well-written song. There's a story behind it. It has the spirit of Springsteen. And the song Perfect, <laughs> come on. That is absolutely designed to be a wedding song for the next generation to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I hear his music and I think, I want to go punch that guy in the face. And then I see it's Ed. <laughs> I stop being angry. Yeah. He's never going to be probably the kind of music that I turn to. But I think there's something refreshing that we found here with him that he's like a normal guy winning the music lottery and you brought it up at the beginning i'm divide was one of the best selling albums of 2017 and his previous multiply was the second best of 2015 he's one of the biggest things going in this stretch of years and maybe who is to blame for all the mellowness that record companies wanted to throw at us at this time (laughs) but he's kind of like that indie artist that hit it big and his Mm -hmm. it's his music has been evolving I'll be into something that's obviously not for us, but how long could he have survived making songs like the A-Team over and over? You know, the shelf life would have would have been pretty short. And maybe the vision he had for his music from the very beginning was this bigger, poppier sound that he's got now. Um, at its heart, Divide, you can still hear it. It's got the backbone of a guy in his guitar. I like your optimism on his music and what he does. Then that's great. I think somebody else from that year who had that whole video killed the radio star reversal was uh, Rag and Bone Man. Oh yeah. And if you remember the song Human, mm-hmm. his album, I saw him in 2017 at one of the festivals that I went to, and he was amazing. He was great. But it was like Ed. It was all about the voice. It was all about the music. It was all about everything going on. And I think that the generation that we've come up on that we're happy with and the reversal of music at the end of this decade kind of looked at the facade of everything and how it was all presented to them 
Like, here's your icing on the cake every single time on the music. Mm, yeah. And they and they rejected that. And they wanted a really good sound. I think Ed got a little lucky. He came along a little earlier than this with his, like you talk about the A-Team earlier albums, but he probably saw that music lottery that I talked about that he was hitting yeah. and knew how to grow and write with that as it was going oh, along. Yeah, he was, de- he was definitely smart about it. Oh, he was. And, and he was. And, yeah, his music may not be for us, but as I was saying, at the heart of it, I still feel like he's the one in control of the music. I could be completely wrong, but I still feel like, oh. you know, there's not like a huge songwriting team behind every album that he's going to release because he's obviously no, so. capable on his own of just writing good songs. Oh, uh, yeah, he is. He is. And so I'm reverting to kind of being the pop guy on this show because it's definitely coincidental with the events and the releases of the year. We've talked in earlier shows about pink and how we have a good bit of respect for her. I saw her on the tour of the beautiful trauma album that came out in 2017. And it was one of the greatest spectacles I've ever seen (laughs) on stage. She was really, it was like Cirque du Soleil. If you go and watch the documentary that came out on, I think it was Amazon prime about a, a year or so ago, she talks about how she was at a performance and Cher was there and singing on stage while people were hanging upside down and swinging around behind her. And her thought was, well, why can't I do that while I'm singing? And she went and trained herself to sing and project the way that she does on stage doing the whole spinning up and down, singing, you know, twirling, everything back and forth. It's just absolutely amazing. And then when she wasn't on stage, it was like a Bon Jovi show. <laughs> she had the the stuff strapped onto her and she was flying from bit to bit of the arena to make sure she was in front of every single person in the audience. Her band, I think we've talked about this before, has been with her touring for the past 20 years. So her, the show that she's put out there, it's it's pop, it's rock, but it's all out performance. And behind it all, if her voice wasn't as strong as it was, there's no way she could do all that twirling and still no. sound as good as she does in those live performances. That, yep. that That's why when I see all these pop shows and people are just doing all this dumb line dancing, I call it dumb because that's <laughs> the way, that's the way I, I see it. I'm like, yeah, you're lip syncing because there's no way cer- certain voices can uh, project and still move around the way they are. Yeah. So that that's where part of my problem is with, with pop. And you've hit on two of Kim's favorites. Boom, boom, right there. Pink and Ed Sheeran. <laughs> uh, moving to my kids, some of their favorites are another story. How did you like that ASAP Ferg song I sent you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I actually, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of good until it got to that one line over and over. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> hey. Uh-huh. Yeah, there, there's there's a bunch of middle schoolers who got the giggles out of that one. Um, So th- there are bright spots in the rap, but I think it, a lot of it is more stuff that my kids came to later, like the Kendrick Lamar Dam album. You know, uh, songs like Humble, um triple x off that album it's got adam clayton and larry mullen jr from u2 that's a really good one and love came pretty close to making my five 
yeah, you already know I like Kendrick Lamar. His stuff is really good. But I have one final rant before we get to our five. And that's Imagine Dragons and the song Thunder. Hey, how much time do we got left? Because we could go on this for a long time. (laughs) Thunder. Maybe this is why 2017 hasn't been the brightest of years for me. They put in this song one of my least favorite tropes in all of pop music, and that's the baby voice. Mm. It sounds so stupid. It's not musical. It's not cute. It's stupid. And you know, Matt, I don't normally get this negative about anything. No, you are a ray of sunshine. Yeah, but if I were in a band and they wanted to put a baby voice in a song, I'd 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 quit. That's it. I'd be done. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Jim leaves. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just done. Somehow, Crazy Frog made its way into normal. Oh my god! Maybe I never thought about it, it like that. Yeah. Maybe this is the straw that broke the camel's back and led to the newest generation. That turned away from the 2010s. That baby voice, there is, there are some of it in the rap around this time too. There is, and I don't like that either. No, it (laughs) it, it does. It takes me out of the song. It does. Because I just get the feeling that, oh, oh, somebody found a new toy in the studio. And they're just banging on it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But Thunder is a certified hot turd. Yeah, it is. I mean, you want to talk about just saying thunder over and over. Served up piece of shite. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine Dragons. They are starting, not starting. They are deserving of the hate that they get. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get to our five, I had to mention that I'd forgotten about them and I didn't bring them to the five. So I'm coming with an early honorable mention. And that is a really cool DJ hip hop funk act called The Allergies. They probably only sell a few thousand albums and play small clubs here in the UK, but they've been one of the few discoveries over the past years that I won't do a dishonor of leaving them out of this show. So go listen to the allergies album from 2017 people. You will not be sorry if you like good hip hop. Good, good, good. Okay, Matt, here we go. I'm done ranting. I'm happy to have brought the allergies to the show. I want us to get on to our five. I think that you brought us. I brought us to this shit this year. House. Yeah. This is my fault. So Sorry, this, everyone. This is your fault, <laughs> which means you get to go first. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll start it. And to be honest, um, I really went into this. I had two kind of right off. And then I was like, boy, the next three, they might not make the cut on, <laughs> on any other year. <laughs> and that's a pretty tall order with six, seven, and 13. And 15 yeah. and 14. and no. <laughs> But I'm going to start it off with Khalid and Young, Dumb, and Broke. I anticipated having a lot of rap and hip-hop to bring to the show this week, but there wasn't really as much as I was hoping for. Um, but I do remember hearing this a lot. It's such a simple but addicting melody. I'm sure people who had this song as theirs in high school will look back on it and get hit in the feels. Yeah, it's a good song. The anthemic tone and it, it reminded me of the same cadence, no offense, in Imagine Dragons Thunder. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> the difference here is that it's actually a damn good song. It yeah, it reminds me of being young and having that freedom of not having a care in the world. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be that way. I wish I could live that way now. <laughs> My modern rap playlist is growing by adding this, so it's a good song. Happy to have it there. Great. All right. What is your first song? All right. My first song. 
Well, Jerry Cinnamon, got to start Scottish, right? 2017, here I was. The song is called Sometimes. As an acoustic guy at heart, you know that this guy's right up my alley. The intro to this song is how the album starts, and it sets a precedent for great things to come. I think Jerry kind of gets knocked over here for being a little too Scottish or overplayed Ned music. But I love how different this sounds from all of the acoustic pop stuff. Look, between you and I, don't tell Kim, I'd listen to a Jerry Cinnamon album any day before Ed Sheeran. (laughs) But to me, it just feels more real. So what do you mean by a little too Scottish? Well, there's English and then there's Scottish and then there's British. And there can and then there's Northern Irish and then there's Welsh. And you can be a little bit of all of that, <laughs> maybe a little too much. It's kind of like living in New England and we're all from America. But you can be like, I'm a Vermonter and I don't like that guy from New Hampshire and I don't like that guy. That that's a mass hole, right? That's a there. flatlander. Oh, the New York plates on that car. So, you know, that's that's where being a little too Scottish comes into play. Okay. I really dig his stuff, mostly because I I don't hear it all the time. So I'm, you know, it's not reaching that fatigue limit that maybe over there is. Uh, but some of the interviews I've read with him, it sounds like he's in the business for the reasons that you and I would respect. He recognizes what he calls imposters in the music business. And he's he's really encouraging to everyday people. If you love making music, just do it. And this yeah. song, you know, it it's it's got a good hook and it's got the right amount of polish in the recording yeah it sounds good all right number one is done what's your number two uh my second one is going to be oc's night expo i dig the groove in this one i i have to dig into the ocs further i can hear similarities with king gizzard at times and they have a ton of albums out but it's annoyingly under at least a half a dozen names all played on different spelling of the name OCs. I think there's even one OCS, which may have been their first name. It's it, it's a little <laughs> annoying, but I, I was liking what I was hearing with this one. When I got your five this week, I went to look them up on Spotify and maybe it's different over here in the UK <laughs> because it does not spell the way that you put it in the notes for this song. Because it's probably under one of their many other spellings. Yeah, it is. But this song itself, it kind of surprised me. I I don't know why. I think you've had similar stuff in the show before. I went into it hearing, seeing, I went into it seeing that name OCs and I wanted it to be a little more wispy, maybe like the shins or Bonnie Bear or something. You may have been remembering the oh hellos that I brought into the show a while back. Yeah, probably was. But it does have a really decent groove. You're right. And I think this is actually like, theme song music yeah not background music yep. but like front front of the house theme song music for something going on i like yep. and this one kind of reminded me of texas drum from uh pottery that group that yeah, we were digging I, on that yep. one as well yeah i can hear that yep good stuff all right what's your second song okay the second song i am going to bring is a name you've heard me say before over and over again <laughs> biba doobie the song's called coffee it, it really, if Jerry Cinnamon was real enough, th- this is even more so. It's actually straight off of a cheap mic recorded onto a laptop in Beatrice's bedroom. Biba Doobie regrets her stage name a little bit because she was 14 years old and she made up this cutesy name for her Instagram page to post videos of songs that she was writing. The problem was 
she was really good. And as she got bigger, they wound up sticking with her. She's gone from recording this song in her bedroom to right now being on tour with Taylor Swift. That's not a bad trajectory. Not at all. <laughs> no. And this song cements her early potential as really legitimate. It's never too late for a name change. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just ask just ask John Cougar. Yeah, or OCs. Just just change it. <laughs> but th- this song, it's good. And it's what I want from her. You know, if we're gonna uh kind of criticize Ed Sheeran for uh the trajectory that his music took, you know, I have to I have to claim that here as well, just on my account. It's not so much the bigger production of her newer stuff. It's just my preference. This is kind of more of what I want from her. But yeah, it oh, it is, is a very lo-fi recording, which is kind of endearing. This is right in her indie wheelhouse, oh, but this would be no different than you and I taking the mics that we're recording this show on with whatever we oh, have. Yeah, exactly. No, and that is and what I love it. about it. But that's not like a lot of your indie bands that you listen yeah. to. So I'm going to no. give you a little crap back. No, but I'm saying <laughs> if you were to listen to her most recent album, the polish that is on that is lesser of my preference than what is on uh, coffee. That's all. And at the same time, as a Biba Doobie fan and coming to her defense, she loves 90s alt slacker rock. Mm-hmm. And that's what she has put into and her And we music. all understand your love of Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) That's Stargazer Rock. (laughs) Oh, is that what they're calling it? Stargazer Rock? Smashing Pumpkins? That's what we called it, Matt. How old are you, dude? You you called Smashing Pumpkins Stargazing Rock? Whatever. You were listening to Garth Brooks. Let's get on with this. Yeah, I would rather listen to Garth Brooks (laughs) (laughs) than Smashing Pumpkins. I'd rather listen to Beaver Doobie, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Then then both of them. All right. What is your third song? My third is Dams of the West and Death Wish. I, I like the little hearted moments in the lyrics on this song, especially about butchering a cow. Um, it, It's brief. <laughs> don't let that turn you off. I almost didn't give it a listen, but then I learned uh, it's a side project of Chris Thompson from uh, Vampire Weekend. And I was curious how different it was because I've struggled with Vampire Weekend. I think I just wanted to hate myself this week and torture myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I decided, hey, what have I got to lose? I've listened to enough crap this week. I might as well just keep piling it on. But I'm glad I did. It's a good, lighthearted song. And Mm -hmm. I I was struggling to find a final song this week. And I was afraid it was just going to be like a participation trophy thrown at a song. Uh, But (laughs) Death Wish is a worthy song. You know those times on the show... I've told you how I ended up keeping an album going. Yes. This was one of those moments. Yeah. I've said it before. If I keep coming back to a song. Yeah. But, but this it's really good, timeless, low key singer songwriter band material. And that's a lot of adjectives running right there, (laughs) but that's how I would describe them to anyone else. It's a really nice grab from 2017. This album is going to go into my collection. Ooh, my, Death Wish. Mine too. Good v- stuff. V- very big surprise. All yeah. right. What is your next song? Number three. My next song, number three, is going to be, ooh, surprise, Paramore. <laughs> <laughs> the song is Hard Times. So admittingly, we've talked about my recent love affair with Paramore. After we recorded the 2013 episode I went to see them live, and as I said, I was blown away by what their energy was like on stage. I spoke about the album from this year earlier, and this song is a great example of that new wave, upbeat sound 
with depth within the lyrics. And Matt, how new wave is this? When I went to see them live last week, they broke into Blondie's Heart of Glass and Born Under Punches by the Talking Heads. Oh, good choices. One song. (laughs) Yeah. And it worked perfectly. I hope they have good music to come in the years ahead. I do too. I wanted to come in here and give you shit for this new love affair, but I can't. (laughs) I'm guilty of the same thing when I really find something that I connect with. And as I was saying earlier, it kind of just infects your brain for quite a while. And Mm -hmm. we both come around to them. I'd written, you know, we've spoke many times now how we've just kind of written them off on their earlier recordings. There was a lot of thought put into all the sounds and the textures on this song. You, you just can tell. I stayed away from them this week because I knew you were going to bring a song. I didn't want to encroach on your territory. <laughs> but, but I should have listened more to just get out of the sea of down-tempo music I was finding. Because this this was a, a really good bright spot. Yeah, and along with everything else you're saying, they really have an understanding of music history as a whole because they did go into other songs in their show that were really cool. But then even when the band was introducing themselves, Haley went out, she introduced everybody on the stage and then she turned around and she said, I'm Haley, Miss Williams. If you're nasty, I'm like, wait a minute, you weren't even, you weren't even a toddler when Janet Jackson came out with that, but you know, your music, you know, what's going on. If you're nasty comes from the the eighties, Haley Williams has to just be over 30 something at the most. So she wouldn't have been around when you and I were hanging out in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I appreciate my uh, gratuitous going on there. about <laughs> No, but it's, it, it's worthy. They're worthy of it. Definitely. Especially in this year of 2000 crap teen. <laughs> it's a bright spot. Yes. Yeah. All right. So what is your fourth song then? I'm going to go with elbow and gentle storm. It seemed like every time I tried to listen to something more times than not, it was really mellow. But luckily, Elbow does mellow better than a lot of bands out there. I put this on late at night when everyone is asleep in the house, and I was immediately captivated. It fit with my headspace and the dark room. I don't often come to the lyrics and songs right away. To be honest, they can be a bit tricky for me to pick out at first because I something else in the melody is always grabbing my attention or a bass line or you know, the drums. But there isn't a lot going on in Gentle Storm and some pretty great love lyrics shine through when you're actually paying attention to them. Yeah, this this song right here is in the wheelhouse of Indie Matt. Hell yeah. Like, yeah, I like the drums and the percussion that just pace the song from the beginning to the end the entire way through. It doesn't have a lot of dynamics, but it all just works. And that final hit, it doesn't sound like a cowbell or cymbal. When in that drum groove, yep. I'm going to have to ask a drummer friend what that is, <laughs> but it's the perfect touch on that groove. I, I like this song. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. What is your fourth song? The fourth song I'm going to bring this week is woo 2010s rap music. Who would have thought <laughs> Jim would bring this to the show? This is the influence the show has had on me. It's Vince Staples. The song is big fish. This is one of my favorite rap songs I found while exploring the 2010s. I haven't made it a secret that I've struggled with this (laughs) genre in this decade. But this song hits my nostalgia bone and doesn't sound like everything else that was coming out. It's still modern, so it has that there. But there's a little throwback sound going on in the music. And the flow is a little more old school as well. 
you can actually sit and nod your head to this, which is rare with modern rap music. Yeah, yeah the lyrics are easy to learn, but don't make you feel out of touch with the kids. <laughs> So this is probably my last rap entry from the 2010s. And I'm glad I found it right here in 2017 with all the ranting I did earlier. <laughs> it gave me a bright spot. Yeah. This is good old school nineties, uh, Jim jam vibes on this track right here, because mm-hmm. you, you were definitely into the rap and hip hop scene back in the nineties and surprise, surprise pitchfork loved this, by the way, good for them. <laughs> good they for should've. them. Hey, yes. Hey, everybody's right. Once in a while. Right. Yeah. One of my problems with rap is the references can be so current that it dates the music and it limits the long-term playability of it. Big Fish limits that, and it's paired with those flashback sounds. This should keep the song fresh for quite a while down the road. It's like the way that rock music keeps coming back around in certain styles. Rap needs to do that. It needs to remember where it came from. So, And that, yeah, that, is, a, that is the big problem with rap. It does seem, while they want to maybe... Uh, show respect to the names, but it just doesn't seem like they pay tribute enough to that music that yeah. brought them where they are. But you and I are out of touch. We could be completely wrong. <laughs> we could be. <laughs> and we might not just be hearing the same things and the influences of it. And Exactly. We need we need your, your kids to come point it out to us. Dad, you're wrong. Right, what's, yeah, you're wrong, Dad. All right, what's your last song? What do we got for 2017? All right. What are you closing us out with? My final song is going to be Blondie and Doom or Destiny. And what makes the song really great is it features Joan Jett. So I got two of my favorites right here. Um, (laughs) And turning to familiar names to find some kind of life in 2017, I found this gem by Blondie. And as I said, the added bonus of Joan Jett. It's definitely got their old school sound on this one. Yeah. You wouldn't know that Blondie was almost 70 recording this album. She's still sounding fresh and you throw in the ageless Joan Jett and you've got this dynamic duo of older ladies that can still dominate modern music. I love the melody of the song, the vocal melody as it goes on. And then all this, the tonal stuff happening when this comes up on the playlist, I'm going to have to do a double take and remember that it came out in 2017. Oh yeah. Their voices sound really great together. I can't believe it took them this long to do something. Ah, They do sound great. So how are you going to round out your five? All right. I'm, I, I'm almost a little embarrassed by this because of the not oh. cool school that these guys have belonged to. Is it Imagine to Dragons so and Thunder? No, it's not. <laughs> and, and, it, and, and to some people, this is just going to sound like I'm saying Coldplay, but I, I promise you, <laughs> go listen to this song. It is the song, The Little Things That Give You Away by the one and only U2. I don't even know why I bothered listening to this album. I must have been really hard up because I'd written them off years ago. I remember I was out walking and this song came on. Here's the thing. I can struggle with anxiety from time to time. Trying to find the place I belong in this world hasn't always been easy for me. The lyrics to this song kind of spoke to me in a way that I hadn't been spoken to by you 2 since... Joshua Tree, Actung Baby. If you ever have a moment where you hear lyrics in a song and you almost have a panic attack because you realize how much it's describing your life or the deepest things that you can feel, that's what this song did for me. So 
I just want to drop these lyrics. You've done this before with some of the music you've enjoyed, and I want them to speak for themselves. For a brief moment, you two shined like it was the 1980s all over again. Here they are. Sometimes I can't believe my existence. I see myself from a distance. I can't get back inside. Sometimes the air is so anxious. All my thoughts are so reckless and all my innocence has died. Sometimes I wake at four in the morning where all the darkness is swarming and it covers me in fear. Sometimes I'm full of anger and grieving so far away from believing that any song will reappear. Those are great lyrics right there. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that. Uh, it's never easy to talk about things like anxiety and as much as people don't want to want to admit it, I guarantee you everybody has these kinds of struggles and talking about them isn't easy. So just know you're not alone in that. We were in similar head spaces this, this week. I, I don't know if it's the time <laughs> of the year or the music we were finding was mostly on the slower side. And uh, this song definitely gave me Octune Baby vibes from like one, yeah. one, but this was a really good song. Yeah. I like that you could hear old school you two in it. When you get towards the end of the song, all of a sudden you hear that signature edge sound come in yeah. on guitar. Adam Clayton's playing the bass line strictly through the whole thing, the way he would hold it down. And it's a song that if people would really try to think about, there's a beginning, an intro, and kind of a chorus going on. And those lyrics that I just read to you, they're kind of like a turnaround in the song mm -hmm. where the music shifts and it changes and it takes you to a different place. And even listening to it again this week, I, I had that overwhelming emotion that I don't get from a lot of music that I listen to these days. So I'm, I'm glad to have it here. Yeah, I, as am I, as am I. And who would have thought it'd be you two in 2017? I know, like, right? <laughs> Go away, Bono. Leave me the leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, which mansion right? are you living in this week? <laughs> yes, and I, I and I understand that hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. that is associated with them and everything that goes on. But I'm not going to take away the words of somebody who, you know, put down something that affected me so incredibly. We could probably look at the greatest poets of all time. And we would romanticize about them, but I'm sure that they didn't all live lives that if we could dig deep beneath what they were doing, that we would be yeah. full of approval yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great when lyrics can just grab a hold of you like that and make you kind of stop in your tracks and reflect and kind of reevaluate yourself. Yeah. So there we are, 2017, Jim getting all deep on you. That's the <laughs> Indie, end of it. Indie Ooh. Jim. <laughs> Indie Jim. <laughs> Closing out the 2010s. <laughs> oh, and now we can actually say that. We are done with the 2010s. We are done with them. That's it. Woo. Yeah. Out of that decade. Yeah. And I think uh, everybody is going to be happier for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely are. So. We have to shift somewhere for the next show, don't we? Yes, we do. And you are going to be the one to get us out of this morass. Where are you going to take us? Get us out. <laughs> I'm going to take us. I'm going to take us to some good times, Matt. I'm going to take us to the year you and I had a band. Oh. 1992. Oh, that's going to be such a relief. <laughs> such a relief. Yeah. And I know you know it. <laughs> I do know it. I do know it. I, I heard that sigh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's some anxiety just leaving your body. 
I hope people really tune in through the end of this show because we are now headed into a great run of years that we've kind of not intentionally saved. We were trying to throw things back and forth. So we were evening things out year by year. But as we get back into the 90s and 80s and what we have in the 70s, there's another 2000s year coming, I think. But we're going to hit on some of the best music possibly that we've had in our lives. And yeah, 1992, here we go. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. The yeah. Tripping Andersons. Oh, there we are. That was the band. <laughs> yeah, Cinderblock Baby was no Tripping Andersons, that's for sure. No. No, not at all. We never covered Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> oh, God. We haven't talked about that in a while. It, it still stings. No, it does. It does. We might have to bring it up next week. Oh, my God. I'd rather hear Garth Brooks. Yes, you would. <laughs> I wouldn't. All right, Matt. Close us out. <laughs> hey, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to our nonsense yet again. We understand 2017 is not our cup of tea. Hopefully it was yours. And we will see you back here next time for version 1992. And there will be more sunshine. And don't forget to like us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Yeah, we're super happy to have everybody listening to us this week. So once again, Matt. I'll see you next time. Peace, love, and podcast. I stole your stick. Yeah. <laughs> Boom!